Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning and welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Nin Lee. From an overhaul of the classification system for mature and non-mature estates to a new $7 billion modular package aimed at supporting workers born in 1973 or earlier, those were some of the key measures Prime Minister Lee Sin Lung announced in his National Day rally speech on Sunday. Also in the works, PM Lee says the government is studying how to enhance the assurance package as part of efforts to cushion the GST hike. Ahead of details that will be shared by the respective agencies in the months ahead. We are so privileged today to be joined by Satyandi Supat, MP for Bishan Topayo GRC. Good morning, Satyandi. Morning. morning. And also, we have with us Tim Peiling, MP for McPherson SMC. Welcome to the show, Peiling. Thank you. Good morning. Peiling, as PM Lee said, cost of living is on everyone's minds. We understand that a significant proportion of your residents at McPherson are the elderly. Now, what are their reactions and feedback to PM's latest announcements? Yeah, well, I mean, cost of living has always been top of mind for them, especially for the younger elderly per se, because they are pretty much sandwiched. For many of them, they still have very elderly parents whom they have to support and care for, as well as perhaps younger children who will still have to rely on them. So I think the announcement or the introduction of the Majula package is a much needed welcome. Of course, details to follow and they are very curious to know, you know, what kind of or to what extent will they be benefiting from the package. So I think that's one and taken into totality with other packages that had already been introduced such as the assurance package I think this would give them a bit of assurance that uh, they will be well supported in terms of their retirement adequacy I think the other point about uh, infrastructure as mm-hmm. well as the social part of active aging mm-hmm. would also be a strong signal to say that the government is very interested in paying attention into how you know everyone can work together to provide our seniors a more assured and well-supported environment for them to age. I think at the end of the day, it's really about how can we help our seniors you know, look forward to every day, stay active and lead an enriching life. Speaking of that, how challenging do you think it will be for the implementation of such infrastructural enhancements for the older estates especially? Yeah, well, like for example, McPherson is a very mature estate. We are already past 50 years old in mm-hmm. that sense. And so many of the infrastructure and amenities were built way back in the earlier days when the population was younger mm-hmm. and also uh, over. Over the years, these would have worn and torn, you know, there Mm -hmm. would be wear and tear. And so I think, if anything, there is a need to refresh some of these infrastructure and also to perhaps even redesign or implement things that are more elderly-friendly, age-friendly, like barrier-free access, more ramps, mm-hmm. uh, more covered walkways. So I think these announcements would be very welcome. But there will be some building new ones as well as mm-hmm. uh, retrofitting can be costly. That's and right. so I think this is something that uh, we'll be very interested to find out, you know, what will be done for an estate like person because mm. we, we need it and so we have been of course actively appealing for these enhancements mm-hmm. and we look forward to uh, you know more details in terms of for example whether there will be budget increases whether there will be specific items that will be prioritized and we will want to make full use of this as well. 
Saktandi bringing you in here. Through the new Majula package, those 50 years and older will be getting CPF bonuses to help them meet their retirement needs. You're a trained economist, so tell us, with inflation now in the picture, how would you rate this segment's retirement adequacy based on your interactions with residents as you walk the ground? Yeah, so indeed, it's actually a, a very important issue, retirement adequacy. Uh, so when I meet uh, my residents on the ground, particularly uh, residents of various segments, uh, for example, those who are 50 plus who are single as well or homemakers, uh, so they have retirement adequacy concerns, especially if uh, some of the changes that the CPF have made um, uh, have started recently, so they don't have enough runway to actually um, accumulate some of the returns uh, or benefits from those changes as well. Mm-hmm. And besides that, I think those that are low income and have insufficient CPF savings are also affected. So I think the, the, the announcement that PM made at the rally actually helped somewhat to mitigate some of those concerns. Although I think in the long run, I think more help could come in to actually help them even more, especially those with low CPF savings hmm. in the long run. So inflation is a major concern. So if every year inflation rises the actual amount that they have accumulated in the past uh, may not be sufficient. CPF life plan have a plan where you have escalating plans, have an escalating payments over time, increasing by about 2% to sort of fight inflation. But uh, I think uh, concerns about that actually will continue to increase, especially Mm. the cost of living rises. Talking about sufficient, insufficient, how much really is needed for retirement in your opinion? And how would you compare our CPF system with other pension systems in other parts of the world? So our pension system is a bit different. In fact, I think if you compare with some of the other pension systems, I mean, one of the differences would be the fact that we actually have a combination of both employer and employee contributions as well. Uh, we also have an income stream for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so CPF life, for example, people do not know, for some of them, that you actually get payments, for example, until the end of your life, literally end of your life. I think in the past it was not so. So actually we have also a very sort of seamless accumulation and decumulation sort of uh, payment stream coming on stream as well, mm-hmm. which is un- a bit different from other pension systems, which typically in other countries, like America, for example, it's actually private sector driven. So private sector uh, deliberations might be different. Uh, thirdly, it's actually fully funded and uh, it grows uh, 100% fully funded for, for in terms of CPF as well, which is slightly different as well. Other countries may have, uh, it's actually tax sort of um, funded mm-hmm. as well, so which is a bit different. Finally, in terms of sustainability, the payouts and also uh, do not rely on uh, CPF contributions alone. There are other sort of payments. We have other sort of support that comes in as well. So it makes it a bit different. There's mm. some similar sort of elements to it. And like I mentioned just now, it's a three-in-one system, which is different from other pension systems. Okay. Peiling, we know that support for families is close to your heart. And one of the key issues you've talked about in Parliament on multiple occasions, in line with what PM mentioned about tackling elderly loneliness and encouraging active ageing, what are the gaps you're seeing and what can be improved through government initiatives? Well, I think we are observing increasing numbers of uh, seniors living alone. Mm. Uh, They may have children, but they have already moved out, have their own families. Some maybe choose to be single or Mm. happen to be single, and so they are now on their own. And so we'll have more seniors who want to live independently within the community. Mm. And so with that, that means that uh, the social scaffolding, the network of support, the type of programs will also have to, you know, be 
adjusted or basically scaled up uh, in that sense. Uh, so therefore, actually, I'm very heartened. And I think likewise for a lot of my senior residents, that uh, this is something that uh, will be stepped up in terms of efforts. Because loneliness, isolation has a great impact on their mental and physical health. I see it firsthand during the pandemic. Post-circuit breaker, when we visited uh, residents, some elderly broke down and cried. Mm. And then when I visited another uncle, for example, used to be so sprightly, see me, was a high paling paling. And then when I saw him again, he was on a wheelchair, very frail, couldn't even recognize us. And so it's heartbreaking. Mm. And I think these highlight the importance of social connection, keeping them active so that there is something that keeps them motivated every day. I think in this case, the programs are there. We need to increase in terms of the type of interest groups to align to their interests and needs. That means the program variety. But also, I think what's really important is that we need more people to step forward, to be part of that network of support. Mm-hmm. Neighbours, volunteers. Because at the end of the day, we need that human touch. I, I think that's what makes a difference. And it's resource intensive in that you need people to mm-hmm. be there. But it is also most rewarding and where the greatest impact is. Mm -hmm. So I foresee that this is something that we have to build up even more. And if we are talking about active ageing, well, actually like what PM had said, you know, there are seniors who have also stepped forward Mm -hmm. uh, to to, to volunteer their time. And it keeps them very meaningfully engaged as well. So it's a triple win in that Mm -hmm. sense. Going forward, that is one. But also maybe if I could just highlight one more point is that uh, with this active ageing, you will need spaces. You will need, you know, places and opportunities and, you know, for these programs to run and many a times you need community like you know for example void decks or some of these uh, public housing space and there will be sounds there will be music Uh, Mm. first of all we we need to find these spaces but also I think the neighbouring residents will also need to be a bit more understanding Mm. uh, and that there would be some of these sound volumes that will you know be around Mm -hmm. and will need their understanding to you know in order to support such an initiative oh okay (laughs) The topic of housing also featured in a big way you know, during the NDR. Saktiandi, National Development Minister Desmond Lee also announced a $14,000 income ceiling for families and singles to buy plus flats on the resale market. So how far will the new measures help in keeping public housing affordable? After all, demand for housing is rising and market forces are challenging to contain. Yeah, housing is uh, indeed a very significant portion of uh, PM's speech. So I think affordability in some sense, I think PM mentioned uh, you can't lower the price of the flats mm-hmm. to the extent because of the lottery effect. It actually enhances mm-hmm. the lottery effect. Mm-hmm. So equity and being fair is actually mm-hmm. affected in that sense. Mm-hmm. But if you keep the price too high, you will make affordability a big issue for most people, including young families who want to buy flats as well. People are talking about young couples feeling that they may have issues being able to buy their flats going forward as well. So, for example, in Topayo, if we are in the plus or prime sort of a category, if uh, residents who want to buy these flats in Topayo, for example, in the future, if it's under the plus, it actually allows uh, greater possibilities mm-hmm. uh, because there would be enhanced subsidies. But of course, the sort of uh, issues that they kept, the announcements that just came out in terms of the subsidies have to be paid back and a minimum occupation period and things like that. So the main aim is actually from what the housing policy is to make sure that it's affordable. Secondly, is to make it uh, inclusive, social mix. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, those issues actually matter quite a bit as well. And then there's, of course, the issue about making sure it's fair as well. Like I mentioned, Mm -hmm. don't want to have that lottery effect impacting as well. So affordability, I think, will be uh, impacted because I think the 14,000 ceiling will actually affect it as well. 
So um, it limits uh, those that want to buy those uh, plus or prime flats going forward as well. But like uh, uh, Minister Lee mentioned, uh, we already have a stock of those uh, older flats mm. uh, that are in existence that people can actually still buy. Mm. So actually, there will be impact on price for sure because of the sort of limits to the market purchases going forward. But I think we, we need to assess uh, going forward to see whether there are any future tweaks or not. And also it allows some flexibility because I'm sure in the future we might, uh, Peling and me might get appeals to see whether we can there are residents who want to appeal whether some MOP might be short by about a few months so residents might come to us to appeal so it allows for flexibility rather okay. than just simply affecting prices directly Okay, we're running out of time here so let's wrap things up what is one key message you hope Singaporeans can take away from PM's National Day Rally and what will you personally be working on with your residents in the coming months let's start with you Satyandi I personally will still continue to work in terms of the cost of living issues mm-hmm. uh, that residents face uh, because I have uh, demographics uh, citizens of uh, quite an older demographics in mm-hmm. Topayo. But also I'm concerned about retirement adequacy still. Mm-hmm. So I hope for there'll be further enhancements other than some of the, those that PM has already announced going forward as well. And of course, uh, the third point is in terms of ageing facilities, like what Peeling mentioned, I would like to possibly push for more enhanced facilities to allow greater mobility for my seniors uh, in Topayo. And mm-hmm. not just seniors, but those above 50 or 60, which may have mobility issues. So some of the things that PM have announced mm-hmm. and further enhancements going forward as well. Okay, and yourself, Peeling? Well, I think this year's NDR, I think, squarely tackles the key issues top of mind for people. In terms of ageing, I think it's quite clear that whether it's from infrastructure to the social, to financial, to even employment Mm. on this front, that the government is actively intervening to give support. And also, uh, there is, and the government is very willing to take bold moves to rethink frameworks and policies that is needed to, you know, bring Singapore forward. So I think all in all, uh, this NDR is focused and uh, I think it's also very close, uh, staying very close to the pulse on the ground knowing what people want or are concerned about and making the necessary changes to support it. So I'm very happy to this. And likewise, like Satyandi, I think cost of living will continue to be an issue that we will continue to work with residents on. But also to unpack all of these that are, you know, delivered in NDR, I think the coming months would be a lot of communication and explanation that will have to be Mm. done. Thank you so much to the both of you for sharing your views and perspectives and for your time today. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. We've been speaking with Satyandi Supat, MP for Bishan Topayo GRC, and Tim Paling, MP for McPherson SMC. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.